Hey everybody, welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club, episode number 21. Uh, this week we're going to be talking about Distortion, a social media story. Um, but first, I'm John Burke, and with me is Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And we picked this movie uh, because uh, the director had reached out to me on Twitter, and um, I've been planning on reviewing it for a while, so I thought we'd mix it up. And give an indie movie a little bit of a, a nod, uh, something that maybe you haven't even heard of. I hadn't heard of it prior, um, and I don't think Corey had heard of it until I pointed it out to her. Nope. So, we'll be getting to that in a few minutes, but first, um, Corey, how's it going? Going well. It's all of a sudden summer in Idaho. Woo! Oh, it's it's very summer in Florida. Um, it's been quite in the 90s already. Uh, yeah, it's been hot, but it did rain yesterday and that helped today. It wasn't nearly as hot today, but, um, it is literal, almost summer for me. Uh, we have just about a week left of school. Um, and we also have a three day weekend, which is rare that we have a three day weekend and then school ends. Um, so there's that, uh, we have Megacon going on this weekend in Orlando. Um, I might be going on Sunday with the family, so to see anyone in particular or no. uh we never go for that because like i don't know um it's funny as much of a fanboy as i am i never feel like i want to pay money to um get an autograph um mm-hmm. and i'm also i guess maybe it's my my shyness that i don't feel inclined to like walk up and be like i love you um <laughs> and, <laughs> opposite of me <laughs> yeah which if i had the opportunity i think i would fan out a little but i don't go out of my way to do it i guess is my point um, mm-hmm. I especially don't feel inclined to pay to do it. Like, because sometimes that stuff is ridiculous. Yeah, and I think a lot of the times you can wait in line to just meet them and not pay um, for the autograph, but that feels kind of weird too. And I don't like standing in lines as a general principle. Um, we haven't been to MegaCon for a few years. I'm not super excited about going um, because the last time I went, it was so crowded. I was miserable, and um, I'm a little too conscientious. I, so, like, if people are if I feel like I'm in someone's way, I will back away rather than being the aggressor and like stick to my territory, um, which makes, you know, shopping, which is all I would be doing at MegaCon, kind of tedious and not so fun. Um, I do have a mission, though. I have a senior graduating on Friday night. Oh, that's I also have graduation this week. This week is nuts. Um, Holy heck, man. Yeah. Um, but I have a student graduating on Friday night who I think two years ago... Um, I promised him that if I went to MegaCon again, I would try to find a Black Lantern ring from the Green Lantern Corps. Um, mm-hmm. And I haven't been back to MegaCon. So if I go this weekend and I find one, I will snag it for him. Usually those are, you can get like a plastic one for like a couple bucks. Um, if I find oh. that, that would be kind of cool. Like a, a good farewell to uh, fulfill that, that promise I made all those years ago. So, cause he never forgot about it. Um, but uh, uh, to be fair, the movie quote that I gave him in his senior farewell, cause I wrote, all 46 of my seniors, I wrote them a farewell card. Um, oh, nice. And each one had a movie quote that I picked out for those individual students. So, like, each one got their own movie quote. And for his, I pulled the Green Lantern Oath, um, even though it's not a Black Lantern Oath, but, it, you know, there's no Black Lantern movie uh, as of yet. Um, so, and before we get into the trailer talk, because uh, one of the trailers is going to be a um, DC property. And I do want to talk about the the news uh, regarding the Justice League movie just briefly. We don't usually do news. That's not the format of this show. Um, but it's we talk movies, and uh, Justice League is a movie coming out later this year. 
And I have been very vocal um, against Zack Snyder since Batman vs. Superman last year. Um, mm-hmm. And I just want, like, I definitely, while I, I am, I've been an advocate for him not being involved with the DC properties. Um, also, I've been less vocal, but still kind of adamant that David Goyer be removed as well. Um, who has kind of been behind the scenes as a writer and has done some bad stuff. Uh, he did work with Nolan on the Batman trilogy, but I don't give him much credit uh, to what we got. Um, that said, uh, Zack Snyder's daughter uh, apparently committed suicide from the articles that I've I've uh, looked at, and um, he's stepping away from the project, and that's definitely never been my intent. So I'm in no way am I bringing this up to be like, ooh, I'm excited. Like, if anything... Is definitely. I'm just pointing out this isn't what I wanted, and I imagine other people who felt the same way about Zack Snyder in the the franchise. No one was wishing any kind of negative thing upon him, and I, I hate that something like this happened. This feels a little surreal to me that it happened. Um, I hadn't heard anything. Apparently, the suicide happened a month or two ago. It was in March. Yeah. So um, he's I just he's apparently been st- trying to stick it out, and I guess just <sighs> it became too much, which. That's crazy. Um, it's an awful time. And even though I've been, again, in, in fact, before that article came out, because I saw that yesterday, um, I tweeted, uh, because I've been playing the new DC fighting game Injustice 2 on the Xbox One, um, and I tweeted out that someone should give him a copy of the game um, so he can see what a DC story should look like or something like that. I don't remember my exact wording, but again, that was before that had came out, and I kind of felt bad like i'm like oh that was crappy timing um i didn't tweet at him uh, i did hashtag his name though to be fair um i didn't tweet it directly at him i'm not even sure if he has a twitter but you know when stuff like that happens the time sinks up uh it did it did make me like kind of feel bad because um i think a lot of times we forget that especially like these big hollywood names that they are people first they're humans yeah, yeah. and i i wanted to clarify that i the tweet would not have been done um, no one said anything to me, and not I don't have a whole lot of followers or anything like that. I'm not super famous. I'm not. My words generally fall on deaf ears when it comes to that kind of stuff. But um, I do want to. I, I thought it'd be an interesting time to point out exactly what you said. That people are are these the people that we look up to and we admire, and the ones that we don't are still people. You know, uh, Michael Bay, for example, gets crap all the time, but he's still a person. So, um, just uh, I guess ultimately, I'm just saying, my heart goes out to Zack Snyder and his family. It's a horrible situation. Um, uh, you know, I don't know uh, what his future holds with the DC Universe. And I will also say it doesn't change my opinion of what he's done so far with the DC Universe. But again, I never wanted him to be removed because of something so tragic. So, <sighs> so sad. <laughs> and I think with that, we will uh, go into our trailer talk uh, for the week. Um, this, these are movies coming out on June 2nd. Um, and one of them is big for me. It is my first uh, movie in our summer movie wager um, that's being released, which is Wonder Woman. I think we'll start with Wonder Woman, given that we were just talking DC. Um, Corey, what do you think of the Wonder Woman movie? I wasn't very interested, and then I saw a while ago, I think the trailer I saw before... Did they play it before Beauty and the Beast? My whole life runs together. I think so, but I, I've seen a whole lot of movies, so I have no clue. And um, at that point, I realized that Robin Wright is in it, and mm. I just kind of love her, so I'm thinking I might go see this one. Now, you have not seen uh, Man of Steel or Batman vs. Superman? No, are you saying I probably should? Uh, I did see Man of Steel. Is that the one that had Kevin Costner as his dad yes. and yeah, my is. boy? Okay. 
Um, I don't know that you need this. This is I did see that one taking place far before um those movies as far as timeline because this is happening during World War Two, um, mm-hmm. and so it nothing. There might be some references to uh like allusions to what we saw later, but um, I guess my point was uh, she shows up in Batman vs Superman: Dawn of Justice, uh, Wonder Woman. That is, um, oh. Yeah, so you you have you have no experience with Gail Godot as Wonder Woman, I guess is my point. No. Now, um, while Batman vs Superman was generally hated by the critics, um, a lot of fans hated it. Some people still fought for it, and I I tried to find joy in moments. I liked Ben Affleck as Batman. I did like Gail Godot as as Wonder Woman. Um, I didn't like where Superman was in this movie. A lot of people didn't like the Man of Steel Superman uh, that he was too dark. Um, that the tone was too dark, and I was fine with it in that movie, but because he was struggling with dealing with his uh, place in the world, he didn't know where he fit in. But to me, at the end of Man of Steel, when and this is a spoiler, so if you haven't seen Man of Steel, heads up, spoiler. Um, when he snaps General Zod's neck, your boy Michael Shannon, um, that he chose, he chose humanity. It was no longer a struggle of is he Kryptonian or is he, he chose earth um and then in the second in batman for superman dawn of justice he's still moody and doesn't seem to know where he fits in this world i'm like wait that was that was resolved that was the character arc in the first movie why are we back to moody superman and that bugged me um and that was the biggest disappointment to me superman should have at that point become at least closer to what we know him to be the boy scout the the goody two-shoes the fight for everyone kind of man um, and instead, we had, like, a second Batman who's nowhere near as cool. And there were problems throughout the movie, aside from those things. Those are just my, like, big, you know, nerdy Batman fandom, DC comic fan. But um, generally speaking, Gail Godot was where I heard a lot of people saying that was their best part of the movie. was Gail Godot's Wonder Woman was the best part of Batman versus Superman. And so mm-hmm. when they announced Wonder Woman movie would be coming out, everyone was pretty like, okay, great, because she was great in this movie. And then we also have... Uh, this is the first DC movie not directed by Zack Snyder. It's directed by Patty Jenkins, who um, is most famous for her film Monster, where she uh, got Charlize Theron the Academy Award. Oh. Um, and she hasn't done a movie, though, since Monster, I don't believe. Um, no, correct. Since 2003. She's done a few TV show episodes, like she did an episode of Arrested Development, um, episode, two episodes of Entourage, two episodes of The Killing, um, and those are the only shows that I know, so I'm not going to read the other ones. But um, Wonder Woman, and now she's got a movie on the the question mark list on IMDb called I Am Superman, but it doesn't appear to be anything to do with Superman. So um, that's a weird coincidence that she's a DC director now and apparently doing a movie called I Am Superman. But um, it is cool that they cast, they got, not cast, but they got a woman director to make Wonder Woman. Um, I think she is the first uh, female director to do a comic book movie on this uh, this type of comic book movie, a superhero movie, um, oh. with uh, although Captain Marvel, I think, is also being directed by a female, um, so it's cool that DC did that. And again, Patty Jenkins, her other movies do not have anything to do with the superhero genre, which has been kind of common um, to get directors from outside of it to bring in something more. So I'm definitely intrigued. Um, I'm apprehensive because again, the DC properties have not been great. Um, Man of Steel, I liked. Batman vs Superman was okay. Suicide Squad was okay, um, and I'm being very generous with okay. God, I hated Suicide Squad. I'm being very generous with okay. <laughs> um, 
and I'm because I'm a DC fanboy. I am a I, DC is over Marvel to me, at least in the comic book world and the character world. Um, my favorite characters are almost all exclusively DC, with a few exceptions of Spider Man, on occasion, Deadpool, um, and Wolverine. Really, those are like my three big Marvel characters, and uh, of those. None of those belong to the Marvel movies. Now, I love the the Marvel movies. Don't get me wrong, but I want DC to do better, um, especially with my Batman, because Batman is. And given, I mean, you're not the only like gung ho Batman fan. Oh, but, I mean, yeah. there's, <laughs> there's, but there's like there. I feel like there's a big enough base that they would want to do better too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like. And well, I mean, if you look <sighs> at Batman by sheer numbers, has more movies made about him than any other superhero character. I mean, and that's saying something. Spider-Man has five movies and a six on the way. But Batman had the original 66 Batman movie. It had four in the 90s. Well, 80s and late 80s and 90s. um, And then three more. So right there, we've got eight movies. And then Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice. So that's number nine with Batman as a lead character. Not counting anything that would be classified as an animated movie, which he has tons of those. Um, Yep. So, you know, just that. And, uh... Of course, he's got a huge following. That's why he has so many movies. Um, and he's, you know, it's a story we're all very familiar with, which is why another issue, um, Batman vs Superman, they do start off with with Bruce Wayne's origin story or Batman's origin story again, and it's like we all know how he becomes Batman. It's like with the Spider Man movie, if they don't do the, they shouldn't do an origin because we already know he's in the universe because we saw him in Civil War. But I don't even want a flashback. I don't. I don't need to see Uncle Ben die again. You know. I, we all have seen it. We know. His, Uncle Ben dies. It turns him into Spider-Man. We get it. But, you know, we don't need a flashback even. We we get it. it it's not been that long since they did a origin story movie. Um, and Do you, you think that they do that because new generations that are coming to the movies that maybe don't? Potentially. But there has to be some, some debate. Like, how often do we need to see how they become the hero? You know? Um, mm-hmm. Or at least how how long do we need to devote to it? Because like Captain America, the first half of First Avenger is the origin story of him being Captain America. Oh, I, I think you can knock it out in the first fifteen minutes. Um, you know, of like Word. I mean, the going through the, even the process, not not him becoming the hero of Captain America, because that's another part of the journey. Because he gets the powers, but he's just a propaganda piece for a while in the war. It's not for another bit before he's actually becoming the hero, Captain America. You know, um, but. Mm-hmm. The first half is just is skinny Steve Rogers and proving that he's a good... And again, it's not a bad movie. It's not. I'm not saying it's like a horrible movie. They should have shortened the origin. But how long do we need to spend on this? And that's a big question with Wonder Woman. Because Wonder Woman's origin, she doesn't gain these powers. She's born with these powers. She's a goddess. Um, you know, she's, she's, half, she's a demigod, to be more precise. And, you know, her mythology is tied deeply into Greek mythology, although fictionalized for the dc universe but still it ties it pulls and alludes to ancient greek myths but in the trailer there's pictures of her as a kid you know being told like oh fighting's not for you and it's just like oh do we need that like like yes we should see her on the island we should see her before she comes to our time but how much do we need to see of her growing up like that could be a quick scene i hope it is but there's i have concerns i have concerns that this movie might be dull it could be slow um, it might be over stylized action sequences, which are getting kind of old. Like I, I appreciate what CG does for movies, but I also don't like that they rely on it to make scenes. Be- 
And also, I feel like that kind of gives them buffer to have like a half ass story. It seems like that in a lot of times when when you have like crazy visuals that you reduce the uh, the story, which I mean, it's a comic book movie. I, I don't need substantial story. I need a I need a basic storyline, um, interesting characters. Um, and I do want good fight sequences. And, you know, for some superhero fight sequences, you need special effects. And one of my favorite Batman fight sequences on film is from Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice. They recreate what feels like the Arkham games. And I loved it. But, like, there's a couple of sequences in the Wonder Woman trailer that really worry me. Like, we're, um, like one, I saw her getting, reflecting electric, like, electric lightning, sorry, lightning with her bracelets. That looks like it's not coming from the sky, but from somebody. So, someone's shooting lightning at her. And if you, again, you didn't see Batman vs. Superman, but they go a little big with one of the villains in that movie. And it gets a little ridiculous. So, I'm concerned um, with that. And again... Just because you bring in Patty Jenkins, who is a more grounded director, how much control does she have over the property is a big question. You know, did she get to to pick and choose, or were there certain things that DC or Warner Brothers demanded that they have? Um, and those are things you hear about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like why the rumors why Edgar Wright walked off of Ant Man was that he didn't have enough freedom to do what he wanted to do, and so he walked away. Um, so those are concerns. And, and Josh Joss Whedon, there was also a talk with him walking away from Marvel um, because of creative control. So I don't know how Warner Brothers is doing it, but they're clearly they're trying to keep up with Marvel, and I think that's the biggest mistake. That said, please go see Wonder Woman. Um, go see it uh, <laughs> because I need to get a lot of points to catch up to Mike. No personal gain here at <laughs> yeah, all. Tons and tons of personal gain. Um, <laughs> I, I am going to see it. I, actually, I, I am excited. I want it to be great. Like I am just... I've been burned twice, and it was two times last year um, by my DC Universe, and I am, I'm very worried that it's going to just be another... Because that's the thing. If you listen to fans, a lot of people like Suicide Squad. Um, Gross. Because it's, it's, a, it's a really bad action movie. There are some very cool moments. There are few and far between, though. Um, and the, the next one, this Wonder Woman movie, I like Chris Pine. I think he gets hated on a bit too much. Um, people often criticize him. Like in even Hell or High Water, people were like, oh, I'm surprised at how good he was. It's like, really? Uh, what, what have you seen he that was he's bad? Great. And I love him in the Star Trek movies. I do too. I, I do as well. And I know I haven't I seen some of his movies, but. Pulls that off so well. And he was great in Hell or High Water. Like, yeah. people need to stop. Well, and they need to calm down. Patty Jenkins said. Um, Something along the lines of him being one of the best actors she's worked with or something. I can't remember her exact words. That's not a quote. But I remember uh, there was some of the podcasts I listened to were talking about her quote and like like maybe that she was overstating it or like compared to whom. But, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing how he, how he pulls this off. And I'm looking forward to seeing more of Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. I, I've only seen her as Wonder Woman. In fact, she is in Fast Five. And I think she might be in The Furious Six or whatever the second the sixth one is called. Um, Obviously, our favorite movie franchise. Yeah, so I haven't seen those, um, but I don't think she's in seven or eight. And I know I've again I've seen her as Wonder Woman, and she was good. Um, but yeah, apprehension for sure. Um, the next movie we're going to talk about is an indie film, um, and I I've already seen this movie, but it's coming. Uh, it's getting oh very small release, but I wanted to talk about it in case it <sighs> happens to be coming to a theater near you. Um, and so Corey watched the trailer. The movie's called Dean. Uh, written, directed, and starring Dimitri Martin. 
and um, Kevin Klein, who was dressed in Beauty and the Beast, and still in theaters right now, in fact. Um, and um, oh, I'm gonna forget. I always forget her name. Gillian and Jillian Anderson, uh, who I loved from Community, and she's also in the film Choke, and from last year's uh, Don't Think Twice, the Mike Birbiglia film that is currently available on Netflix. Um, and then there, who's his best friend? I'm trying to remember who's. Oh, um, it's a really funny actor who I learned. I hate when IMDb. Uh, this particular movie is listed alphabetically. No, I guess it's the yeah. order of appearance. So I'm trying to find the actor. Um, it looks like it's alphabetically by last name. Oh, yep, it is. Uh, what is that guy's name? See, I'm is it? It is. Yeah, you're Jesse right. Jesse Eisenberg. It's not Jesse Eisenberg. Is he in this? It. Uh, he's. I don't know. He popped oh. up. At the press release photos. No, he's not. Um, I didn't think Whatever, so. He must just be friends cool. with Dimitri Martin or something. But, man, I'm going to forget the guy's name. And he's a funny actor. Ah, there he is. Rory Scovel. Um, he was on a TV show on TBS a couple years ago. And uh, he's a reg- He's not a regular, but he's been on Douglas movies several times. Um, I find him very funny. And he's a really, uh, really solid character in this movie. Um, I saw Dean at the Florida Film Festival. But I want to know, Corey, what did you think of the trailer? I thought that this was the one that you had seen. I so my local theater usually gets um these smaller release films and I would love to see this one. This looks like it's right up my alley. Um cuz obviously I like movies that have slight family dysfunction mm-hmm. and that are really funny but also kind of you know. So I feel like I I will go see this if it comes to my theater. Um this movie uh it it works on a lot of levels um you definitely have to like dimitri martin if you're not a fan of him or if you know who he is and you're not a fan of him uh you probably will not like this movie it definitely has his sensibilities about it um but i i found it really endearing and it was one of my favorite films at the festival and the critic score is sitting at 57 but that's only four reviews um mine's not included in the metacritic score yet um i wish it was because it would be helping it quite a bit um i gave it the must-see rating um I'm hoping it gets a at least a decent enough re- release that it'll be back in Orlando, maybe in um, Lakeland. And if you if you live somewhere where it's playing, I highly recommend this movie. Um, again, it was one of my favorites at the film festival. I think it needs to be seen. It's very entertaining. Um, it I don't want to compare it to the Zach Braff films, but it has a little bit of that kind of vibe, um, stylistically at least. Uh, it's familiar to that. So if you like like Garden State or um, um, Wish You Were Here. Wish You Were Here. I Wish You Were... Something like that. I always screw that one up, but I love both of those movies. Um, it's it's good. And then I, I don't like making the comparison because Pushing Dead, I felt, was like that more. Um, more like a Zach Braff film, and uh, Pushing Dead is an AIDS comedy. I also saw at the festival. That isn't coming out this week, but um, I don't like making the two comparisons to Zach Braff's because they're very different films. But um, I think Dean's got a little bit of that. It's It's... You could call it a romantic comedy, although it's not focused on the romance so much, although there is relationship drama, but it's ultimately him t- trying to deal with um, the loss of his mother and his relationship with his father, who is Kevin Klein, who is tremendous. Oh, Mary Steenberger is in this movie, too, and she's also fantastic. Um, yeah, so definitely something, uh, if it comes near you, check it out. The last movie is a kid movie, the first uh, big kid release I think it's the first big kid release of the summer, although I guess technically Diary of a Wimpy Kids qualifies. Um, I haven't heard much about that movie, so I don't think it did too well this weekend. Um, I think Captain Underpants has a chance because there's a built-in older audience, because apparently this book is old. Um, I am not familiar with this at all, um, other than the trailers. So 
Corey, what did you think of Captain Underpants, the first epic movie, which is the full title? No, thanks. <laughs> it <laughs> does not. I feel like I'm becoming predictable, but um, I don't know. I'm kind of surprised at, not that they're big names, but... Oh, they the, are. <laughs> well, it, it, at Helms, I mean, he's not, like, huge. We all know no, him from The Office. But he's done. And, he's had very minimal success at the box office, but I think more people know him from Hangover um, initially. Um, oh, I hate that movie too. I liked Hangover. Uh, I actually was one of the few supporters of Hangover 2. Um, Hangover 3, not so much. But I, I did enjoy Hangover 2. It was the same movie, no question, to Hangover 1. But they took it up several notches, and some of the jokes just were funnier to me. Um, but uh, this movie has Jordan Peele, um, fresh off of Get Out. Uh, Kevin Hart, who is obviously a big name com- comedian-wise. Uh, Kristen Shaw, who I know through a bunch of t- like she's a she's a co- character actor who shows up on tons of sitcoms and she does a lot of voice work, so I'm familiar with her. Uh, Thomas Middleditch, who is uh, the star of Silicon Valley, um, one of my f- current favorite shows um, on TV. Nick Kroll, who is a stand-up comedian, does a lot of voice work. Um, his first dramatic role I saw him do was in Loving, though he played a lawyer. He still had a little bit of comedic relief, but he was more dramatic than not. And then Ed Helms. So you've got quite a cast, but that's pretty much it. Um, I left off Leslie Nicole and Sugar Lynn Beard because, one, I don't believe that's her name. But, two, um, I don't know them, so I don't know if they're in a bunch of stuff uh, that maybe I'm just not familiar with. But I know all these other actors, but that's it. It's a small cast if that is actually everybody. Weird. Well, because the trailer that I watched only named Kevin Hart and Ed Helms. Yeah, Thomas Middleditch is not a big name unless you are a fan of Silicon Valley. Um, he He's done some other stuff. Like, he's the... Uh, he- the current Verizon spokesperson, um, like if you're watching the uh, Verizon commercials, he does. He is that guy now, um, but he is uh, hilarious on Silicon Valley, and he's done some other movies. He was in The Bronze last uh, last year, which I don't remember the name of the actress, but she's from Big Bang Theory. Uh, she's Bernadette on Big Bang Theory. She wrote with her husband and uh, starred in The Bronze, and he was one of the um, the other characters. Um, and he has a movie called Search Party, I think, something like that. With T.J. Miller, who's also in Silicon Valley, that I've heard funny things about. And he has uh, been on Douglas movies a few times. Okay. Sorry, it's a lot of information. No, it also lists um, him as being attached to the Wolf of Wall Street, but I haven't seen that in such a long time. that. Yeah, I don't know what he is in Wolf of Wall Street. could just be a small part or something, but, um, but I've only seen it. I think I've only seen it once all the way through. Um and I don't remember him in it, but I wouldn't have known who he was at the time because I think that predates Silicon Valley by a good year or two. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, I watched a seven-minute version of a... It was. It said it was a uh, clips plus trailer. I never saw what I would call a trailer, but it did have the theme song, which is written by Weird Al. And uh, if you don't know this about me, I'm a huge Weird Al fan. Um, I've always been uh, since I was a little kid, and I've never let go of it. I love his song parodies. Um, I got to see him in concert last year, so... The fact that he did the uh, the theme song puts the movie in a much higher regard than I had it before I watched this particular trailer. Um, still don't know if I'm going to see it, but I didn't see Diary of a Wimpy Kid, and if I can convince my daughter to go see Captain Underpants, I'm inclined to go. Um, it might be funny. Like Kevin Hart's um, in the right role is entertaining. I like Thomas Middleditch, Ed Helms. Ed Helms isn't that funny, like realistically. Like he's good in if he's playing the right supporting role he every leading role he's had in film has been pretty bad um 
I didn't like him. Uh, there was a movie with Jason Segel, something lives at home. Brad. Oh, that movie was horrible. I didn't enjoy it, and I really thought I would because I am a Jason Segel fan. But, Same. Um, I didn't like. I, I didn't hate Vacation, but I didn't love Vacation. It was fine. Um, that was the uh, the National Lampoon reboot of Vacation. Um, but yet also continuation because he's playing the young son Rusty as an adult. Um, but you know everything he's led in, he's not been great. But he's been, he's really funny in The Office, and I like him in Hangover One and Two um, just fine. But yeah, Captain Underpants, uh, Corey and I not not convinced. Um, good luck to you, Captain Underpants, and uh, <laughs> not sure who the director is. Director is David Soren. Um, ooh. Uh, looks like he's worked on Turbo. He's worked on Turbo, and then two of the Madagascar shorts, not the uh, features that they've done, but the Mary Madagascar uh, TV spot, and then a Madly Madagascar video. I don't know what that is. Um, but so he hasn't directed much. I didn't. I couldn't sit through Turbo. I just wasn't interested in snail racing. Um, so yep. Uh, good luck, David Soren. Maybe you have nailed it with Captain Underpants. All yeah. right. That is trailer talk for uh, July. Or, nope, not July. Not yet. Uh, June 2nd. Whoa. Yeah, I don't want my summer vacation going by that fast. Um, and we're going to be getting into our review of Distortion, um, a social media story. This is available to stream on Amazon Prime. Um, for free, if you have Prime, or to rent for uh, two or three bucks. I think Corey had a rent, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. um, this is, uh, first of all, and I didn't I didn't know really what to expect from this movie. Um, I'm going to read the <laughs> plot summary on IMDb, and then I'll talk about the cast and the director. It says, in a gripping tale about the way social media impacts youth culture, a group of students discover how social media affects their friendships, relationships, and almost every aspect of their lives. Um, we have a very unknown cast to my knowledge. I don't know. I don't know any of them, but I'm just going to read through some of their names. Um, Angela Yance, Amanda Pasternak, Nathan Austin. I'm only reading the names of people who have pictures on IMDb because that at least implies that they're trying, um, to be more than just in this movie. Uh, that might be everybody. <laughs> I'm sad. No one else is loading pictures. Um, either my internet connection is bad or more likely... No, nope, just the just top three. Amateurs, yeah. Um, which is not necessarily a bad thing. Um, this is directed by Javier Espinoza and then uh, written by Dallas Lee Blanton, Javier Espinoza, and Nina. Oh my goodness, I have no idea how to pronounce that. I will I will sound <laughs> so offensive if I try to pronounce that, so I'm, I'm not going to. Voila. Yeah, no I'm idea. Um, but sorry, Nina. Uh, good, good job, I guess. Um, all right, let's get this out of the way. Um, this is not a traditional narrative film. And I did not know that. Um, I would say uh, this is not quite avant-garde. It's it's still closer to a narrative, but it's a um, ensemble piece, which is a huge risk for a, I believe, first-time director um, to do because it is hard enough to tell a story of a single character, much less have multiple storylines that are intersecting and connected by a series of characters. Um, especially with amateur actors, and uh, I, I don't know for sure what the budget is, but an extremely low budget. So I'm starting off with saying um, Javier Espinoza took a huge risk um, taking on this type of a film as it has a lot of room to fall apart. 
What did you think about the movie, Corey? <laughs> Before you even talked about people being people and humans, I had decided that I wasn't going to come on this episode and rip this movie horribly. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> sorry. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I feel like a jerk. Um, I, I went in, um, hopeful, uh, I've only had a couple of independent directors talk to me about their movies. Um, two of which I've, I've watched and enjoyed, um, of the three now. Uh, one was, um, I am a teenage were skunk, which I think I got you oh, to I watch. Yeah. Very small director. He didn't approach me. I approached him, but I, uh, he was very small time. First movie. Um, I went, I did tweet at him and, and I, you know, he, was very kind with the review, but I did like the movie. Uh, next was um, Cameron, whose name I'm going to forget. I just did a uh, documentary review with him. I'm going to pull up his name. Um, I Am Battle Comic is the documentary. It is not easily available right now, but he's working on distribution. Um, and I, I just want to pull up his name. Jordan Brady, I'm sorry. Uh, Jordan Brady is the director name and also one of the stars of the documentary. Um, I reached out to him. He sent me a screener. And I, I loved the documentary. I thought it was great. I am a big stand-up comedian fan, uh, so I, it's about stand-up comedy, and particularly stand-up com- comedians who go to USO shows um, for the military, and mm-hmm. it's it's terrific. Um, it has great comedy. It has a very uh, strong through line. You really get to know the soldiers, um, and you feel for them, and the tone, it's a very challenging tone because he'll take it very serious and very dramatic, and then he'll we have stand-up comics, so it'll go into comedy, but the way he does it, it, it flows so perfectly. And I was really impressed with it. So I was hoping, third time's a charm, that I would be impressed again and that I could have this really positive review that I could then tweet at Javier and um, say, hey, use this to help promote your movie. I don't have that. Um, and I'm disappointed. But I am also trying to be realistic. Um, and that's... that's I had to... Uh, when I, the movie first started, I was like you, Corey. I was like, wow, I'm going to have to rip this movie. I think I even looked at Kathy... Um, cause I convinced Kathy to watch this too, because Kathy loves, uh, any type of movie that's like anti-bullying or like helping each other out, that kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. so I told her what it was and she was very interested in the premise and she's like, great, let's watch it. So a few minutes in and I looked over at her, I'm like, I'm going to have to rip this movie apart on the podcast and that's <laughs> not what I want to do. Um, and so I'm, I'm not, not because I'm, I'm not going to give it a positive review by any means. But I want to look at it for what it is. Um, this is a very low-budget, low-marketed film. Now, by some means, it has a, a, like a four-and-a-half star out of five on Amazon user rating. That is either people who are friends with the, the filmmakers or the stars in the film or people who just like things that are promoting a positive message because it is not a good movie. There is little that you can say positive about this movie. The acting is amateur. It is weak um the dialogue that they are given to say is poorly written at times um and because we have this ensemble cast you don't get a clear narrative and so while it's avant-garde in a way it's also not inventive enough or saying anything really new to make this a revolutionary film that deserves four and a half stars in any rating system um it is it is exactly it's a, a first attempt that looks like a first attempt. Um, it does have some elements that I think Corey and I will get into more detail with that um, 
he seems to be at odds with how he wants to tell the story that he is telling. And um, I don't really feel like there's any type of resolution that, that is satisfying. Um, and again, an avant-garde film doesn't need a resolution. It doesn't need a narrative. It could just be an observation of something. It can just be, uh, it could be paint drying on a wall for two hours and people might love it. Um, that's what avant-garde can do. I don't think this does enough to make it truly avant-garde though. It's just a little bit on the anti-plot side of things. Um, I don't want to talk too much, Corey. What were some of the things that, uh, were there any positives for this movie for you? Um, I feel like the, how do I say this? I feel like it could have been a really good message. I feel like it could have been a really strong <laughs> it <could've> subject. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there, I, like I said, I don't want to be a jerk because I can't make a movie. Well, you know what I mean? I, I know what you're saying. You definitely can. And that's, um, in today's time, it's even easier. Everyone can make a movie. Your phone is more than capable. You can literally film, edit, and submit your movie from that one device now. Will would it, it be something that anybody would want to watch? Well, there has been a successful iPhone, uh, iPhone 5 movie called Tangerine um, that I think was nominated for Best Cinematography at Golden Globes. Um in all film through an iPhone. So, yes, it's definitely possible. Now, can everyone make a film? Sure, you definitely can. Um, everyone can be a painter. Will everyone paint really great? No. Like, if you give me canvas and a brush, I'll paint it. I'll give you something. Yeah, but yeah. it's not going to be great. And it's not even going to live up to, like, dogs playing poker. Um, and then again, um, art is subjective, right? Like Exactly. Jackson Pollock, I don't get it. I don't get why anyone would spend that kind of money on splashes of paint i'm not saying it doesn't look cool i'm just saying i could recreate it myself and be very content with it now i know that's a very controversial thing to say and i know there's art people out there who will explain to me how the patterns represent his frustration and his anger i'm just saying that avant-garde or even a, a narrative film doesn't isn't going to work for everybody and i understand that and in that way everyone can make a film and i think everyone should and that's my biggest thing is I don't want Javier to be discouraged. If he's exactly, wants, yeah, if he wants to be a filmmaker, and I don't know that he does. This might be a one-time thing. Maybe he had an idea. I do know from my short conversation with him that he was a teacher, um, because I brought up that I was a teacher, and so this subject matter is something that I'm familiar with. I'm familiar with high school students, and I'm familiar with uh, social media bullying. Um, and I think had he picked one of his characters to be the centerpiece. And that that character was being bullied. It would be redundant. It would be a story we've seen before for sure to some capacity, but it could have been better. It could have felt more um, immediate, something that was that there were stakes involved, because a lot of this movie just felt like random thoughts about social media and the Internet. And I don't even know. There's really not bullying, per se. Um, that is the focus of it. Um, it's brought up. It's 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 mentioned. But I don't think that it even, like, dives deep in enough into what we know to be social media bullying. Like, there's the one case in the movie, and I can't even remember their names. And also, was this movie an hour and 21 minutes? Because it felt really long. It did feel very long. Um, very long. And that's because nothing's happening uh, for large and, chunks of this movie. And I don't... when So... Disclaimer, we don't discuss the movies before we record. Mm -hmm. And 
you mentioned to me that it doesn't have a traditional like narrative and mm-hmm. i was nervous because sometimes i can't follow stuff but it's not hard to follow oh, at no. all yeah it's not that it, it's it's almost doesn't have a narrative um yeah there's several I mean, micro narratives that are intertwined together very loosely um and i i want to like i want to point out cuz I mentioned that I'm not always into avant-garde films. Um, I did see at the Florida Film Festival a current avant-garde film that's getting a lot of buzz because it stars Kate Blanchett um, called um, Manifesto. And it is not a narrative. Um, There are things are connected um, for sure. And it's super. Yeah, because it's about to come out um, everywhere. Well, it won't be everywhere. It'll be in like, you know, art house theaters. Um, But it's really interesting. It's really compelling. It's very unique. And um, it's definitely avant-garde. But it's not a traditional narrative. And now, I am a story guy. I love a solid story. Story does take over for me more often than not. If a movie doesn't pull me in with the story, it's going to be hard for it to win me over. Um, that said, um, I read Kevin Smith's autobiography a few years back, uh, right before I really got into film like I am now. Like it was, I don't think it was the sole reason I got into film, but it was one of the first... like autobiographical film related books that I've ever read. And one of the things he brought up was uh, Richard Linklater's Slacker. And it was the movie that inspired him to make movies. And um, so I, I saw it Slacker out and it was on Netflix a few years ago. I don't know if it still is. Um, Cause I'd never heard of it. Uh, and really at the time I didn't even know who Richard Linklater was, who now I'm very, very familiar with. I still can't get over his eclectic body of work, but um, Richard Linklater, most famous boyhood, um, uh, before the before trilogy school of rock which again i still can't fathom dazed and confused and everybody wants them um from last year and many many more that's just the scratching the the surface of what this guy's done um but slackers was one of i think it might have been his first film and it's a series of vignettes there is no narrative in the film at all um there's a theme and that's what tells the story and that's the same with this movie with distortion there is a theme the theme is um, I think that the internet or um, social media is having a negative effect on the world we live in. And it, it's not just in bullying. It's through a variety of ways. It's it's making us disconnected from reality. It's making us live our lives through our phones. It's making us um, crave uh, a, you know um, approval from our peer groups. Um, and it's so much so that it makes us lie and become people that we aren't uh, to get that approval Which that I so we agree see. with and so it's a very it's a thematic movie in that way that's the that's the message that he wants you to walk away from and that's slacker too so i don't remember what the theme for slacker is but slacker is more of a series of just these little random things but he does it in such an artistic way that when we meet two people when we meet the next group of people, there's going to be some interesting transition. Maybe they'll pass each other. Like the camera will be following person A and person B will walk by going the other direction and the camera will just decide to follow person B and now we're in their life. And it's it's this visual like river ride of a movie and it's there's always a reason for us to switch to the next group. And that's what made that film, even though it, it's not a, a massive story and... but. The vignettes are also entertaining at times, um, but just the the filmmaking style is so cool and it makes it enjoyable. Where this movie feels erratic more often than not, um, and my first example is uh, the film opens with a very traditional high school party, 
and lighting that immediately tells you this is a super low budget film. Um, you know, it's clearly it's the the lighting that's in the room is what's being used. Um, the camera is a little grainy uh, because of that. And we're just seeing kids at a party, high school kids at a party. And I'm waiting. I'm expecting a narrative. You may not have been because I gave you a heads up, but I'm expecting us to see something happen at this party that will set a chain of events where maybe this girl gets naked or something because she's drinking and someone posts a picture on Instagram and now her, how is her life affected by it? You know, I'm expecting something like that. Instead, we get this guy named Nick who starts talking to the camera. And I'm like, oh, okay, so we're going to have like a fourth wall is not here. Now, that happens a few times throughout the film, but not enough that it's consistent. Um, no other character talks to this camera. What were you going to say? I was going to say, I think it's only legit a few times. I can solidly remember two. Uh, I think three. Um, the first time at the at the party, um, there's a time not too far after this where I think he's at dinner or something or right before dinner at his house he talks to us. And then towards the end of the film, he talks mm-hmm. to us. Um, okay. And I, uh, there might be, I might be wrong, but that's what I remember. Um, I think I wrote it down a couple of times when he did speak. Um, but um, so Nick talks to us and kind of you know sets his attitude about um, this area and how bad this high school is, and his parents would have never moved them here if they had known how bad it would be. And um, there's these kids are all drinking. He's never seen anything like it before. And then that's filmed from what appears to be like a handheld camera not he's not talking to a character this the person with the camera is not a character in the film no one else is aware of it only nick is but now most of the rest of the film is filmed um uh, no that's not true that's the thing is sometimes it's filmed through a webcam where we are uh the person's talking to the camera but they know there's a camera um they're not talking to us they're talking to like a vlog they're videoing themselves and posting it online um, whether it's YouTube or whatever, they never just uh, say where they're posting it, but they're posting it on some some type of and website. We get some videos too that are Skypes. Yep, we get some conversations of Skypes um, or FaceTime. I think even in one instance, um, but it's it's very random and haphazard. There's no uh, clear reasoning for when we switch. Um, like one guy keeps a video vlog of his um, his dating life. But we met him with a regular handheld camera talking to a friend and a girl passes him by and he says, um, you're going to approach her directly? And he's like, no, no, I'll probably just DM her. And then there's this very specific joke like, you know how funny that is because of the irony? And at that point, I'm like, oh, man, should I just cancel this? But we've already said on the, the podcast that we're going to do this movie. So I feel like we can't change it. Um, I kind of yeah. I kind of wanted to um, because I don't want to discourage this filmmaker um i do think that this film misses what it's trying to do and it's things like that that um that really bug me like the 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 dialogue is very very bad um there there is a a stereotypical character actually a lot of these characters are very stereotypical um one in particular is uh i'm fairly confident the only african-american male kid wants to be a rapper which isn't necessarily wrong in and of itself, but he's also in a home situation that is clearly bad. Um, the The props and the set for the room don't really make sense. It doesn't look like anyone lives there. Um, 
And I get like if you're if you were poor, you may not have furniture, but the walls are like too clean, like to be poor. Well, I, oh, I thought that they had just moved there. Mm. I but thought it, that's what the mom was saying on the fil- on the okay phone conversation. I, may have but I could that. be wrong. No, no, you're you, you're probably right. I might have missed that. Um, but st- okay, uh, there's no boxes though. There's nothing to indicate that they just moved there other than empty walls, right? Um, and I thought. There were a couple boxes in the living room, but hmm. I, I well, you're not in the room wrong. long. Well, you're not in the room very long, right? Like you, no. we're, we're out there. We follow the kid into his bedroom where he has a makeshift desk with a computer and a microphone that is not a vocal microphone. I'll let that slide. That's probably the only prop they had. And again, I get I've made tons of student films um, with my students over the years, and a lot of our movies are all in the exact same place. They're in my classroom. Uh, they're almost always set in the classroom environment. Um, a lot of times the students, uh, don't even bother to bring like a change of clothes. They just wear their school uniforms. And so a lot of our movies aren't very good, but But I feel like mm, there's a difference. You guys are Mm -hmm. working with what you have, but you're not trying to go outside of the scope of what you have. And our goal is not to produce a film that will be seen necessarily as much as teaching them the foundations of making a film. Like, you know, we're not focusing on set design or budget. We're focusing on uh, writing or cinematography or even acting. And so, yes, agreed completely. It's, our intentions are different. Um, but those are those are things that make a movie look fake and people will notice. Because if this is supposed to be a kid's room, he's obsessed with music, which we only know because of his tweets and his... I guess there's a scene where he kind of raps, but it's you can't hear him. Um, cause he's like, mu- he's mumbling, which wouldn't record well at all. Um, and he keeps posting on Twitter that he's going to ma- make beats. I don't know if that was supposed to be like, he's that fake persona thing again. Um, that Madison Mackenzie, I think Mackenzie, um, <sighs> Mackenzie, that's her big story. And I feel like she had either her or crystal, I think had the best potential story arcs. Um, I'm so glad that you're remembering names because i can't uh well i i did write things down um and uh mackenzie was the instagram girl who uh she tells crystal's asking her questions um because that's the one thing crystal and mackenzie are connected everyone's connected to some degree it's very small um but everyone they all go to the same high school uh Mm -hmm. there are interactions with i think almost everybody like nick gets pulled in at one point um to talk to uh Evan, Evan's, um, spoiler alert, we didn't do a spoiler warning, um, but real quick, we are going to spoil the rest of this movie, um, and possibly, and again, I apologize, Javier, if you ever hear this, um, possibly at the detriment of this movie being seen, because I, I am fairly confident Corey and I are both going to be recommending that you don't watch this film, um, but, You don't know me. I'm kidding. <laughs> that's not untrue to some degree, but, uh, I, that's and you, fair enough. You, you can, you have definitely, um, I've guessed wrong with your movies in the past, but I, yeah, I don't feel like there's any curveball coming <laughs> for this one. Um, but I uh, want go ahead. Well, Crystal, uh, Crystal is a girl who is supposed to be like the, the one with no confidence. She doesn't wear makeup. She doesn't find herself to be pretty. Um, and she's reaching out to Mackenzie, who is this popular girl who has, 50,000 plus Instagram followers or something like that. Not buying it. Yeah. (laughs) um, Mackenzie, like, uh, she's giving her tips. 
And uh, one of the tips is early, like this is early in the film, she tells Crystal, never, ever Photoshop your pictures. And then later we see Mackenzie Photoshopping her pictures. Um, and, you know, there's this, there's throughout the film, there's people referring to her as fake and, um, and whatnot. It's just, it's all over the place. The message is there um, that uh, social media is bad. And I want to go back to Evan. Evan was the kid who um, I mentioned with the direct message thing. Um, and Evan is the big plot. He turns out to be the big plot point. Like you knew in this movie, something big was going to happen, but you don't know why. And you don't know where or who like yeah. the whole time and or when, cause it Word. really takes a long time for something to happen. Can I first, before you go into the whole Evan thing, um, I want to point out too, that something that was very, um, like really broke my attention quite a few times, I'm not thinking of words tonight, is did you notice after almost every piece of dialogue, there was a long, awkward silence before it, like, switched to the next person or, you know, switched scenes? It was super long and awkward. Yeah. Just, like, um, this. There, a lot of this movie has a uh, beginner filmmaker. There's a lot of editing issues, um, things like that, that the long pauses... Um, sometimes meaningful, I guess, like where they're trying to like emphasize the shock of what they just heard or whatever. But more often, no, it's just really bad. Um, yeah, I, uh, uh, I, I really hate guys. One, please don't stop listening to the podcast because we recommended this movie. Um, we didn't recommend, we didn't it. recommend it. I know, but we, we picked this movie, but, um, I was hoping for, uh, you know, I've had a lot of luck with these kind of super yeah. indie films where you you go in with no expectations and it blows you away. Um, and this one, it, it didn't. And also, I don't think either of us, I know that I don't, and I'm pretty positive you don't either. Neither of us ever go into a movie, ex- like, go into a movie not wanting to like it because yeah. it's our time. Yeah, I love movies. Like, I, I want to love every movie I watch. And that is actually... Um, there, I avoid certain movies because I don't want to, like, I've, I've made a decision, like, the Fast and the Furious franchise, I'm not saying you can't love them, I just don't find them appealing, and so I, I don't go watch them, because I'm not trying to write, like, I want to be a film critic, so, like, if I were, if I, I need to watch more movies that are outside of my comfort zone, even if I know my review's probably going to be negative, I still don't go in wanting to hate it. I go in thinking I may not like it. It may not be my cup of tea, but I want to like it because I, like Corey said, I'm putting two hours of my life into this movie, an hour and a half or sometimes longer. I want to enjoy the film, but sometimes they don't click. And again, I'm also one to admit, sometimes it is uh, the time of day you watch a movie um, or when you watch a movie. Like what kind of mind are you in? Should you be watching a movie right now? Um, and there have been films where I, I knew it was my attitude more than anything. Um, and like, like Les Mis, I feel like is probably partly the attitude I had going into it. I wasn't in the mood to watch it, but it's also, it's not a movie that I think I will ever really get into. Um, then I'm talking about the musical with Hugh Jackman and Russell Crowe. Um, this movie though, I went in hopeful. Um, I really wanted to help this guy out. Um, I wanted to be able to put a positive review out there and promote his film, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of bad. Um, there is, uh, one character who's super stereotypical is the country character. 
um, who dips. And I have. <laughs> yeah, he dips and he has the accent and he's a right wing Christian nut job. That little honky boy in my notes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, he is there to be the antithesis of all the other characters. He hates everything they're doing. Um, and I was concerned that we were implying a school shooting the way he was Ooh. Um, aggressive and ranting about it. Like, I thought that's where the film was starting to go. It doesn't. Um, in fact, what happens with that character is kind of uh, anticlimactic. He gets um, approached by a character who we had not met in the movie at all. Hadn't hadn't had a scene with him in it, um, who I guess is supposed to be gay, um, which we only know that because of him telling off the country boy that, you know, I don't care. I don't actually feel bad for you. Like, it's a it's a pretty good rant. It's actually probably one of the best acting performances in the movie. But it comes out of nowhere because, like, who are you? We've seen so many people in this movie. I've never seen you. I don't know that you're gay. And the I. The, I assumed from his little he he's, he makes reference to it. Oh, you mean the country boy? Well, his, yes, the country boy's um recordings. He's talking about Philip and isn't his name I can't I think it's Philip, but maybe I'm wrong. He's gay and he's going to hell and blah 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 and then when he finally approaches him okay, the gay I, guy approaches mm-hmm. him, I took it from there because okay. everyone else they had kind of already introduced blah 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 they had already kind of introduced us to mm-hmm. he was talking about scarlet the harlot ha 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 and um mckenzie or whatever her name is and we had already seen all these characters yep. and then yeah but so why why do we not meet i didn't remember him saying a name i did remember him talking like anti-gay but i didn't remember him saying a name yeah but and Something else awkward that that character introduced and never, they never wrapped it up for us is obviously he's talking about his mom left and I think he says she's going to hell. And then he says, I'm thinking that he's going to say that his dad is gay or something with the whole dialogue that he's talking about his dad on camera. He's like, and my dad's going to go to hell and then blah, 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 blah. And then nothing ever. It's, it's so, so bad. And then. Uh, the worst character in the movie is the Tinder guy. Um, I can't. He's my favorite. Uh, is he's your favorite? Oh. I'm totally kidding. I oh, okay. want to punch that kid in the face. Yeah, not only is he bad, but he it's it's so. I mean, I guess there's so many so many of the characters are bad. And again, they're playing archetypes, kind of, but they don't they don't all make sense. Like Evan, they're not fitting. Yeah, the the Tinder guy ends up dating Crystal by because Crystal. Uh, even though she doesn't wear makeup, she takes some of Mackenzie's uh, tips and ends up on Tinder. Um, they don't use, they don't say it's Tinder, but they he straight up swipe. explains that you swipe left if you don't like him, and swipe right if you do. But they have to swipe right too, and um, he ends up on a Tinder date with Crystal. And apparently, this kid uh, posts YouTube videos about his conquest. Um, which, You're twelve. <laughs> yeah, like, but so he meets Crystal, and then he uh, he doesn't like Crystal. Crystal doesn't like him either, um, and he he. There's some trash talk. He leaves her. He goes home and he makes a video saying how she wasted his time. And he, I think he calls her a Porsche paint job with a Buick body or something like that. Um, real, real crappy, awful person. But then we get this um, combination of we have three characters who all look like they could kill themselves. Um, Crystal's one. And that's after the Tinder date. She's There's a scene of her crying. 
um, there is a scene of I think it's Mackenzie is this other one who is leaning towards no no it's not it's um it's the girl they kept referring to but we never really saw her do anything uh the girl that's stuck in her house yeah why is she stuck in her house though i'm getting that she's probably depressed um i mean she doesn't it doesn't make a lot of sense because if she's not going to school and she's not homeschooled there'd be a truancy officer there yeah sorry i can't think of her name it's something with an a though it's like Andrea. Is it Angela? It's not Angela. Okay. Angela is the one who's dating the older college guy. That's really creepy. Okay, and can we talk about that for just a second too? Yeah, let's go for it. That guy is okay. so creepy. Um. Okay, so that first scene with him, he's like, oh my god, this is so weird. The last time I'm dropping you off after three years. And I'm like, okay, it's her dad. She's graduating. That's what totally. I thought. Totally what I thought. <laughs> I thought it was her dad. Totally thought she was about to graduate from high school. Supposedly this man that's in his mid forties is only in his mid twenties. And he's just now going off to college, but it was creepy as heck. Yeah. Super creepy. Um, not, not okay at all. Uh, and he's six or seven years older than this high school girl. Yeah. Cause I'm, guessing she's still in high school so she can't be obviously i would think unless i mean she could be 18 um but still like it's mid-20s and they've been dating for three years oh did they say that i didn't even catch the three year thing that's well he's been dropping her off for at least three years so maybe more that's a valid point i didn't even think about the the time sure um she's Mm-hmm. yeah but so they're dating they're weird he goes off to college and that's a he he speaks weird yes it was like i was trying to place his accent yeah but it was like he was trying to pull like a fake southern accent i don't i don't know if that was a character choice or if the actor actually has a speech impediment and if he has a speech impediment i apologize i think it was an acting choice and that was awful it was a horrible acting choice um just just awful but going back uh we have the girl andrea or something who is not leaving her house and her friend keeps texting her throughout the movie come on let's do this um we have crystal and then we have evan and i want to bring evan back evan was the one who made the really bad direct message direct joke um he's been talking to this girl only on messaging they finally have a date he he thinks it goes well she then tells him i think this is going too fast and we later get the impression that he had exaggerated to us how close they were on the the messaging um that he built up this like relationship between with her in his head that wasn't there and once um they met in person it really freaked her out and so she tried to back away he wasn't okay with that and so we're set with one of the three of them is going to kill themselves and we we see a scene where everybody gets a a alert on their phone like kind of simultaneously and we don't see who it is, and it takes a little while, but we finally find out Evan killed himself. That's the big moment. Now, he didn't kill himself because he was bullied. He killed himself because the girl he liked rejected him. Right? Yes. Um, uh, he His whole character was kind of creepy, because yep. he was making the videos... That and he's like, I'm making this public so everyone can know that I love you. And yeah. well, I think he is the theme I mentioned earlier of the social media making us disconnected from the world we live in. He is the epitome of that. Um, you know, he is so disconnected with reality because of the world he lives in and the social media 
Um, he's afraid to talk to the girl, but he'll direct message her. He's built up this relationship with this person he thinks he knows online. Um, and then, like you said, he's a, he's confessing to the world these things, um, saying he loves her and saying these things publicly. Um, After she's already told him to slow down. Yeah, and so you have this um, disconnection of the characters, and it's it's that's it. Uh, Nick Nick does this whole thing because there's a series of people saying how great Evan was, and Evan was my best friend. Evan was my best friend. Um, yeah. Which you know, okay, people do that, and it is pretty awful. In fact, me, Earl, and the Dying Girl has a sequence very similar, um, where Earl and Greg are interviewing people about. Um, Rachel asking people to say something to Rachel and they all say kind of the same thing like you're great you're such a good person you have so many friends you're popular and it's but just like no one no one's but in that movie I feel like it's different they're not confessing like this huge personal connection with her correct you're right they're in fact they're confessing that they don't really know her um which is why they none of Greg and Earl both look kind of upset at what they're getting that this isn't what we want and this movie, they're definitely they're they're fabricating more. There's more fabrication. Um, everything is fake. I mean, that's the thing. You could pull from this movie this nugget that uh, social media is bad. Everything is fake. Maybe even a cynical outlook. But it's it's nothing original really being said. It's nothing. He doesn't give us a, a purpose. Nick gives a big speech at the end. The guy who spoke to us in the beginning of the film, he gives this big speech and he proposes. That we put our phones away. That we give up social media for a week. I think he says a week. Um, I felt like that whole... So much of this dialogue was just so bad and so mm -hmm. unnatural and everything. But him getting up there and saying all that stuff I felt like was pretty inappropriate. <laughs> I mean... I, like, I kind of get where you're coming from, but be quiet. Yeah, it's it's definitely, it's questionable about the time and place. But because, again, this movie was not following much of reality, and again, how it was bouncing around through the different formats, um, I definitely think it was, uh, Nick was like a surrogate for the director. Um, mm -hmm. That, um, you know, he, he was saying with the director his whole point of this movie, and I don't think it's... I don't necessarily disagree with this point. I just don't think it's the best way to get your point across. Um, you, you tell it in this fabricated story that doesn't feel like a story, really. Um, it doesn't feel like real life, either. It doesn't feel like we're just sitting in with like these students as they go through a daily routine. It feels like uh, fabricated vignettes, these little sketches or skits um, that are loosely linked together, all ultimately only tied through some idea of social media because that that would have been if if this if we had gone from vignette to vignette through some natural transition it would have been really cool like i i see a lot of ways this film could have been better um and still and maybe even got the message across a little more clearly mm -hmm. um and a de definitely a bigger budget would help having better actors would help maybe having a better writer to to come in and clean up the script a little bit would help um but yeah ultimately it, it is it's not good um there's nothing really worth seeing like uh, there's if you're concerned with social media um if you're concerned with technology if technology is your issue uh warner herzog did a documentary last year about the internet and and how it's affecting culture 
I don't remember what it's called, but I haven't seen it, but I've heard good things about it. That sounds like something that's going to be a better watch to get that message across. If you're worried about bullying or social issues, tons of movies that cover that topic that do a better job. And some of them are still bad, but they're better than this particular movie. And I think, um, again, if I'm missing it because this is an avant-garde style film, maybe it is so avant-garde that it's out of my taste. Okay, then cool. But ultimately, um, I'm going to go with, for this movie, Avoid Like the Plague. And I don't give that rating very often. Javier, if you're listening, I do apologize that we are bashing your film. I hope you take this um, as a more constructive criticism. Um, we are not meant to tear it down. We do encourage you to try again. Um, and again, it, it is an experimental film, man. And I got to say, and again, I don't know if you're hearing this, but I think you took a big risk doing a film like this. And so for that, I applaud you. Um, trying to weave together multiple storylines is never easy. Uh, there are tons of examples of ensemble movies that do not work. Uh, Corey and I were not big fans of Rogue One for a similar issue. We had too many characters, too many things going on that we never felt truly connected to the characters. And I am a Star Wars nerd. I generally just love it, blanket, and ignore the issues with Star Wars movies because they're Star Wars movies. Oh, moving on. No, I'm kidding. Mm -hmm. um, I am going to regretfully agree so, unfortunately, like Corey and I are both going with the Avoid Like the Plague rating. Um, and that's not something we do lightly. Uh, we, you know, we hope that the cast and that the director um, don't give up on their dream if this is what they want to do. But maybe go back to the drawing board, refine uh, the message. And again, um, it's, not, it's not always easy. When you know you want to, you have something you want to say, it's not always easy to figure out how to say it. And it's probably 10 times harder to figure out how to say it in a hour and a half format in a film um, to be engaging, entertaining, and well-constructed. So um, with that, let's move into our next episode. Um, we didn't discuss this beforehand, uh, even though we've been pretty good about it the last couple episodes. <laughs> but for real, we're not good at it. Um, we have moments. Uh, you know, <laughs> This particular one is not there. Um, I was debating a few different things. Um, I didn't know if you were planning on going to see anything in the theater uh, that's coming out. Um, but um, we've been talking about hitting up the other uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman films. And we've been talking about um, hitting up the rest of the Charlie Kaufman stuff. So we could go either way with that. Or we could throw something in completely random and curveballish. Um, oh, I thought we were doing the other films. Um Amelie or oh yes from our director from Alien Resurrection I most actually uh is it I picked this movie so I think it's your turn to pick um because especially you might have to pick the next couple after I pick this particular movie so um which oh what, what would, <laughs> everybody heard that um I'm gonna go with I want to I because I, I'm gonna be re-watching Delicatessen but I have never seen Amelie and I've cool. owned it for a while so let's watch Amelie first. perfect I've been wanting to re-watch Amelie so um, I've only seen it once um I am very excited to re-watch it though because it was one that I was very compelled with um it's it's visually stunning and I happen to think that this movie and I do not know this for a fact but just um, there's a lot of similar visual styles to uh, the Edgar Wright films, and um, it does predate his movies. So I'm hoping I'm right that uh, Wright saw this film and, and kind of 
you know, use some of the transitions that are used in the film. Um, not so much the writing or the story, although there is some quirky uh, comedy that happens in the movie, but um, great. So next week for uh, episode 22, we will be watching Amelie. Um, if you would like, you can tweet at us your opinions of the film Amelie. Uh, if you happen to know that Edgar Wright, in fact, did get inspired by Amelie, please tweet that at me too. I'd love to to read an article about that. Um, we'll be back next week. Corey, uh, I am sorry that uh, this movie was not um, to the level that we generally watch. Unfortunately for Javier, um, I won't be tweeting this at you, um, although this will have a hashtag, so I do apologize in advance if you listen to this episode and you're not happy with the review. Um, I am being honest, and I, I do want to point that out. Um, just because you are an indie filmmaker and you reach out to us does not mean we will give a positive review to your movie. Um, and so credibility has been established, and I like that. Um, because, again, my Jordan Brady review is so positive, I could see people thinking that I'm just kissing his butt. But not true. Um, I do generally love I Am Battle Comic. I did not like Distortion, a social media story. And with that, we will say adieu. Corey, thank you again. Thank you. Bye, guys. Peace, everybody. This has been a Burke Reviews podcast. BurkeReviews.com. <laughs>